pleasure to, to testify, like what Jonathan said, to honour Pastor David for his ministry. I, do you all know that I came to this church in 1997, me and my husband, and that time my, my youngest was only two years old, <laughs> and my eldest was 15 years old. So time has really gone by, about 25 years here, or 26 years in this church. That's a long time. Okay, yes, and I'm so glad that we continue to worship here, Risha and myself, that we grew here, we had lots of things happening in this place, we were, we were blessed as a family, you know, everything happened in this place because they were part of their life, most of their life they were here already, so we just thank the Lord for Pastor David, every time people ask me which church I go to, I'm very proud to tell him, tell that my pastor is Pastor David, not the other Ramaya, that one, this one. <laughs> Because there's more than one Ramaya in the, in the town. <laughs> so to make sure they get the right Ramaya. <laughs> so uh, I hope you two make sure you clarify which Ramaya you're going to. <laughs> David, yes. <laughs> so I'm just uh, blessed to be under Pastor David's ministry. I, we all know he's a very good teacher of the word. And he's a very good, you know, he can really explain God's word very clearly. But I think I like more is that he makes the Christian life very simple and intimate with God and that he stresses more on that thing, calling on God, rather than having a lot of theological degrees behind us, but more on having a, a close walk with the Lord. So for that, I'm grateful. It's in that way, he sets apart him from other people, that he stresses a, a lot on you know, walking with God, talking to God in a simple manner. Okay. So I'm, I'm blessed with that. Yes, I also want to thank Pastor David for the things that we went through in this, during the last years. One of the tragic times in our life, Pastor David was there helping us, Farisha and myself, helping us to cope with our son's demise. And so he was there and I was like blown away by the fact that he volunteered to use the church to to have the service and therefore I thought it turned out very triumphant because people could hear the word of God so well that we have a glorious message that that is not the end, we have the resurrection life, it's gone to a better place. So, so for that, every time I look back, it's good memories, it's good memories, otherwise I think it will be a sad memory, but it's a good memory, it's gone on to a better place. So I'm so grateful and later on, of course, recently also, Pastor David was kind enough to let us use this place again for Risha's homecoming, going home going or whatever, that he that again we could testify to our relatives and to our loved ones that the saviour that we have. Yeah, so I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful. It's not it's not a, 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 what do you call it? Expected but God gave us that privilege so I'm thankful for that. And, and I'm thankful that as a couple, Risha and I were able to serve in this church. Richard was a, happy to be under Pastor David in the board and as a cell group leader, we were blessed to be it. We work together. So I'm, I'm happy for that too. I'm thankful that Pastor David is an easy person to work with, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm so glad for that. <clears throat> I was, uh, what do you call it? Uh, there was a time when I, I called up Pastor David when, when we were going through some difficulties financially when we were Richard's finances uh, or whatever pay didn't come through in Libya 
And I was thinking, why? It was like really stuck. And so we were wondering what to do. And then I suddenly remembered this, this scripture in Second Chronicles 2020. You believe in the Lord and you'll be established. You believe in your prophets and you shall prosper. So shy a bit, but I called up Pastor David and then asked him to pray. Asked him to pray for the situation to unlock. And sure enough, next day the situation unlocked and the finances come in. So I, I believe that you have to trust, like what Jonathan said, trust in the man of God that he is your prophet. He is your, the one that will help you too. Okay. Of course, not all the time like you have to do your own prayer, but then there are times where you want an extra help. So I'm so thankful for that. As a household uh, of God, I, I also look up to Pastor David and Pastor Lifan for bringing up their lovely four children well in the house of God. They are an inspiration and may all of us have our children in the house of God all the time serving Him. Because as for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. Yes. So don't be discouraged when people say, why you're only your children here? No. As for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. So I, with that, I'd like to thank Pastor David for his help in my life. Hello. I think today is a great day to be alive, isn't it? A great day to celebrate the faithfulness of God. I really love the song just now, how God has been our friend, our faithful friend, has been blessing us and being with us. If people ask you, is there God in your life? You can say, come. Come to Grace Shalom. God is here with us. Today is a milestone. We are putting a mark for what God is doing to us. How faithful is our God? How faithful is God's man? A man of God, his family, his ministry, and as an extension of that, all of us here. You know, we all can be a little bit more faithful. Just take a small step forward. I'm so glad that, you know, I don't have to travel all the miles in a little motorbike, you know, in the rain, you know, go, go everywhere. I don't have to go through like drug addiction or, you know, a lot of things or maybe even a lack of finance. But this faithful man has been with us. He has gone through all that, paved a way for us in a land of, people say it's infertile. There's nothing here. It's full of unbelievers and a lot of, you know, difficulties for us as believers of God, but a step, belief, and closeness with God, and that's how we are here today. Look around you. Just look around you. Here we are, dressed up nicely in a nice building with all this beautiful thing. We can come and celebrate. It's a milestone. It's something that we can talk for generations to come. Do not forget this moment, my friends. Do not forget, because every time we have something to celebrate. We must remember this is a step that God has brought us here and onwards. Let's see our generations, what we can come. So I've been, I always think that I was uh, like uh, very new in this church. Till today, I think that I'm new because when I came to this church, you know, my, I didn't run away from any church, okay? I didn't switch church. My previous church is no more, okay? So I've been searching for a place and God sent us here, okay? So I did not leave any church for them, for that uh, record, okay? Faithful till the end, okay? And yes, God came, and you know when you pray, God will answer you. My faithful wife was there, and then the patients came and led us here. And we were late for our first service, but thank God, thank God Pastor Guna. That was like 15 years ago. 15 years ago, just like uh, Sister Ranjini 
my youngest was about two years old, crawling somehow when your children is two years old, it's time to move or to find a place. Anyway, so what attracted here when I walked through the door or just here was the leadership of this church. When I talk about the church means we talk about the leader of the church as well. So I can see that things were organized. There were people who usher you. So if you are ushering or you are the new people, network, whatever, it's an important job. I was attracted to it. You know, I saw that people come, take my name, and there was a follow-up and follow-through with the leadership of this church. You know, somehow there will be people who will be looking, they will be out there like me, hunger for something, and, and we came. And this church has got leadership. You can see that there are generations, you know. The worship is not just like one homogeneous, you know. There's different songs. And, you know, the worship team, you need to give them a clap, you know. They were there faithful, practicing. And it was great because I see that there were some older people like, you know, uh, Michael Ma, you know, I can't, can't say uncle, okay. So, uh, you know, and, and, and there were younger people like, I remember Nita, the first day I came, you were there on stage and I saw this young lady, beautiful there and, and it was there. I saw the leadership of this and this is something that is not easy. We need to treasure this and inculcate that, inculcate that and continue for generations to come. Okay, one more point, okay? And I find that people in this church are real. Pastor is a very real person. He doesn't hide his weaknesses. It's a person that I feel comfortable, I can come and share with him our life. This is family, this is life, this is how it should be. It should, be, should not be somebody here behind the pulpit, everything holy, everything great, and so distant. No, but this is it. I looked at that, how he has brought up his family. I really love your family, Pastor. When we went to the church camp, we really miss you because you were there fighting your battles, you know, and coming back triumphantly. But your children, your leadership, everyone was there. We rise up to the occasion, knowing that today will be another day to celebrate. So I love you. I've got a lot of things to say, but suffice for today. Thank you, Pastor. We love you. Enjoy the day. Uh, Pastor David, I mean, seriously, thank you so much for everything that you have um, you have really imparted a lot of things in my life. So thank you so much. You know, I, I, I remember when I came here in 1993, you know, I was clueless. You know, I was no direction, nothing. But uh, when I came for the youth meeting, I, uh, when I came to the church, I only, ca I only came for the youth meeting, not the Sunday service because I was attending another church. His message of grace, you know, the way he speak about grace is so simple that, you know, God will come next to you and he will sit with you. He will listen to you. Tell your, your heart's desire to God. These are the kind of messages he, he preached. You know, when I heard that, it's like, really? You know, I always put God in a box. You know, this is how we should, you know, treat God and all. But then he broke the box. And then when I, when I understood that how actually I can work with God, my life was totally transformed. Through his ministry, you know, those days we have coffee with pastor. <laughs> now no coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, during the coffee with Pastor, you know, when he was preaching, I mean, when he was teaching, again, you know, from ministry now, teaching, learn a lot of things. You know, this is where we one-to-one, -one, we literally see his heart coming out in, in words. You know, what God wants to say to his leaders, to his people, you know. So that was an amazing years of, 
you know, coffee pastor, and I've learned a lot of things, you know, and really I've, I've applied in my life. You know, I, I can see the growth in my, in my years of, you know, coming up during my college time, you know, you actually told me how, to, I mean, how to excel. You know, I used your testimony as well, like reading the word during the night and things like that. So, I mean, seriously, it's not only to, the, to, 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 to a specific congregation. He was from, the, from child, teenager, and anyone, you know, the, the, the way he speak, really, really simple. And you can, if you follow, God will definitely show you the direction. And I've, I've experienced it, you know, he's, he's, he's just a vessel that, that pouring out his life, you know, I, I've seen him through mission all these years, you know, through his hard time as so I was there. And thank you so much, Pastor, through your ministry, you know, I was a Sunday school teacher, and then I became a musician, I became a cell group leader, and now I'm married also, you know, Pastor is the one who conducted the wedding, I have children, and my children are serving, until, as like what Auntie Rajini said, me and my household shall serve the Lord. Yes, this is true. I also see all your, your, your children, you know, thank, I, and I found my best friend, you know, I got so many best friends here, so, so yes, thank you so much, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed uh, uh, to be here, you know, and, and, and yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Pastor, yes, that's it. <laughs> Today is testament of God's faithfulness to Pastor David and Grace Church Sha'alam. After 50 years in the ministry, Pastor, your ministry has just begun. The attributes that remain constant in this man is his kindness, his humility and compassion. <clears throat> Looking past people's exterior by focusing on their call. Like Jesus, pastor makes it so easy for people to approach him regardless of their religious belief or their social status. I often say that being a pastor is never easy. When he's wrong, he holds his peace. By overlooking the offense, to me that is wisdom. Who better to vindicate than God himself? From a young age, my mother taught all of us to remain faithful to Grace Church Shah Alam and Pastor David. Her wish was for us to stay in the house no matter what happens. I commend those that continue to attend, especially from the time when we were in section six till today. It's been 40 years. Like many, we can testify how our families have flourished because we are planted in the house of the Lord. Be it in our personal growth, our careers, our finances, we have been blessed tremendously simply because one man stayed the course. Pastor David, we honour you, not just today, but for all God is doing through you in Grace Church Shalom and around. We thank you for your faithfulness and your obedience. May your latter years be greater than your former years. Like Abraham, may families continue to be blessed because of you. Thank you, Pastor. Would have been great some of my friends, if they had not gone on ahead of us, would have been here. It would have been a complete celebration. Uh, Rajini and Risha have been a tremendous, tremendous blessing to us personally. Not so much by the many things that they have done, but 
their stand and their ability to rejoice in the midst of great trials, great tragedies. That itself was a tremendous testimony to me. That they could still serve and you always see Rajini always smiling, always laughing. Uh, the ability to bring their pains before the Lord, that's a tremendous blessing. But I want to say so many things, you know, I want to share. But I just want to say that the Lord has been so good to me. Uh, I got saved in 1971 by a direct encounter with Jesus himself in the sense that he came into the room, put his hand on me. Nobody there to influence that. It was just me and the Lord crying out to him saying, if you're real, please help me, please save me. Jesus came into that room in a special way. I didn't see him, but I felt his hands on my head and I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit that broke the power of drugs over my life. Uh, I used to smoke heavily. All that was broken instantly. In one moment of time, when the Lord touches you, you will never be the same. And so my life was completely transformed. I was in a church that, it was a small church, but they believe very strongly in reaching out to others. So they talked about John 15, where if you don't bring forth fruit, uh, the Lord will cut you off. And I was just a young believer. And to them, bearing fruit meant bringing souls in. It was not a right interpretation of scripture, but as a young believer, I really took that seriously and started to take bags of tracks. <laughs> Those days they had paper bags <laughs> full of tracks, go up to the place where I used to take drugs. It was the rifle range flats, boundary road flats. Then I would go and give tracks to every home, push it inside every door, hoping that nobody would open the door. <laughs> because if they would ask me, Anything about my faith, I wouldn't have a clue on how to share Jesus. No clue at all. But I knew I had to evangelize. And I used to do this very regularly, just alone. Nobody was with me. And then my brother saw me doing this when he came back from holidays, Pastor Henry. And he said, don't waste your time doing this. Go and get trained. So God didn't call me into the ministry. My brother did. I'm just a volunteer waiting for God to uncall me. So I've been doing this for 50 years now. See, it is not, not a matter. Sometimes people say, you know, God must call me, then I go. No, it's a matter of just being obedient. He told us to go and evangelize. That's what we are supposed to do. So that began as a giving out tracts. And then in 1973, I went into Bible college. And on April the 15th, 1973, December the 4th, 1971, I got saved. April the 15th. In 1973, I started preaching, and the first church I preached in was First Assembly of God, Ipoh. That's when I first began preaching, and from that time onwards, uh, many opportunities for me to minister began. Uh, you know, like I shared with you, I would receive invitations from the schools, but I wouldn't have enough money to reply. So I didn't have any uh, money to buy you know, envelopes, buy stamps, and I, I would get these invitations and that I would pray. I would say, Lord, please help me. So the invitations would come and the envelopes would not have stamps on it. They had stamp but not chop. So I could still use the envelope and I could still use the paper. So when the invitation came, I would write there, accepted invitation, put it back into the, return to this person. 
And that happened many times. So in other words, I trusted God for 15 cents. Those days, 15 cents stamps. And the Lord answered. So my ministry began at that time. The schools used to invite me because they really liked this preacher with long hair, very skinny, rides a motorbike, guitar on one side, a bag on the other side, the hippie bags that they used to carry those days, you know. So big Bible that was so big, <laughs> huge Bible, put it in that bag, and I'd go stand there with my guitar, the same three chords, I would just play those three chords. I didn't know what chords they were, but it sounded good, and I would sing. So they liked this preacher who could sing, and, uh, you know, groovy because long hair, and very, very <laughs> different from other preachers. That was where it all began. Then we began to have a student ministry. It grew very quickly. Uh, I would preach every day from Sunday to Sunday, literally. Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I would go find a school in which I could go have some kind of a meeting. Those days, the schools, I would go see the principal. It would give me a little classroom. And then on Fridays, all the students would come together, and then we would meet. And then on Friday evening, I'd get on my motorbike and then ride all the way to Tanjung Malim to pioneer a church in Tanjung Malim. And uh, I, I can just say this, that God was very, very gracious to me, protected me all the way. Sometimes, you know, those days they didn't have the highway. You had to go through Templars Park, down KKB Road, Rawang, and all of that. And around the Templars Park, the bends were very sharp. And I would go in the evening, and you know that area, it rains very heavily. So when it's raining, I'm overtaking trucks sometimes because the, the, you know, the, the spray from the trucks was very bad. It would hit you, and it would be very painful. So I would overtake. A few times when I was overtaking, a car would come. And all I did was, I don't recommend it to all the bikers, okay? I would just say, Lord, please help me. Just Jesus, close my eyes. Next thing I know is I'm in front of the truck. All right? So I believe in supernatural transportation. <laughs> the Lord helped me several times. Then in 1980, Pastor Lifan and me decided we were going to go to Kwantan. We started the church there. Very few people, a handful of people, three or four people. And then from there, the church began to grow. And at the same time, I became the super, uh, superintendent for the East Coast. So I would go to Kwan, uh, to Kotabaru, I would go to uh, Tranganu, uh, Rao, Kuala Lipis. But even before that, before I went to Kwantan, I would also go, my brother would send me to Kuala Lipis because he was the eastern supervisor. And in Kuala Lipis, they met in a garage. And, uh, you know, because it was a very, very small church. So I had to stay in the garage and then sleep there, right? Sleep there after the service is over. And then at night, you would have 101 cockroaches that climb all over you. <laughs> Dr. Chen said, thank God he doesn't have to go through it all. But uh, those were the early days. And then it was, I was so skinny. When I married Pastor Lifan, I was 91 pounds. You calculate that one. I mean, I could hide behind a lamppost. Uh, and, and because of that, when you ride the bike at night and when it's raining, you shiver like crazy. <laughs> And I used to wear my brother's helmet. It was his bike, his helmet. And the helmet was so big that when I rode, the helmet would shift. So I had to pull it back. <laughs> Rain would be beating very hard. I would be shivering. That's where I learned to sing very loudly. Yeah, you, you just shout and sing loudly and shout hallelujah and everything else because I, I didn't realize that people outside can hear. 
But I couldn't hear myself, so it was okay. I would just shout and sing. And that's where you train your lungs to get stronger in order to preach. Coming to Shah Alam, we began the work. Of course, it was uh, uphill, quite a lot of battles. But from there, we went into Sarawak, and then the doors opened and went all to different nations in ASEAN and everything else. The Lord had really helped us a lot, and then we began to minister in so many different countries. All I can say is that it has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with my ability. It had to do with the grace of God. Grace of God in just believing Him, trusting in Him, the Lord will bless tremendously. Uh, I can go anywhere in the world and be treated first class. I mean, really, they treat us so well. Put us in the best places. Uh, give us the, you know, give us a real, I mean, it's, it's so good. Treated so well. Even had the privilege of ministering in Alaska three times already. One time they took me out fishing. And the first time I've ever gone fishing, I'm not a fisherman. But the first time they took me out fishing, within half an hour I caught the biggest salmon, the best salmon at that time. No kidding, I've even got a picture of it. It's called King Salmon. Some of the salmon we eat is not, it's third class. Huh? <laughs> but this was King Salmon, which you're allowed to catch only one in a month if you are a fisherman there. You've got to have a proper receipt. So they wanted to mount it because it was 48 pounder. That's a big one. <laughs> And they wanted to mount it for me. I said, no, I don't want to mount it. I want to meal it. I want to eat it. So we brought some back. But the Lord has blessed us in so many ways. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable when I talk about the blessing of the Lord, how good he has been to us. Uh, we've had many battles. Some of the things we've gone through are very disappointing, very sorrowful. Some of the friends that we wanted to be with us, I thought would be with me, uh, at least even when they lower my casket, <laughs> they would be there, but they're not with us. But I want us to know, Pastor Leifan and I were talking, the joys are just too many. So we focus on the joys and not the disappointments. Amen? We focus on those things. God has been very, very good, very good, absolutely good to us. Uh, I want to put up a scripture up here. We have that. Psalm 90 and verse 10. It says, We live at best to be 70 years old. Maybe 80. If we are strong, up to 80. Even more. But their duration brings hard work and trouble because they go by so quickly. And then... We fly off. So, I, I want to say that I have also, in the process, not only been hurt, but I have also hurt people. And for that, I regret. In a younger ministry, you know, as a younger minister, sometimes you say things you shouldn't have said. You wish you had done things differently. People get hurt. They get offended. And for that, I feel, you know, I, I really regret because I want everybody to stay. No one to leave. But people do get offended by different things. You know, maybe the style in which we do things. Some people don't like it when I say, if somebody invited me, I remember one family left because I said, if somebody invited me to the temple when they have a wedding and they invited me to a temple, I would go. And they got very upset. And they said, how can you say you can go to the temple, Pastor? I said, listen, for one, 
Listen to me very carefully now. I hope you all catch my spirit on this one. The Hindu man invites me to the temple because he respects me. He does not invite me to convert me. But when I invite a Hindu to church, what's my intention? You think the guy doesn't know? So who's got fear? And yet he comes. Out of respect for me, he comes. Huh? And so we need to understand this. And so I said to this brother, I said, brother, if that's the case, he said, no, if people invite me for Hari Raya, I won't go to their home. If they invite me Chinese New Year or this uh, Deepavali, I will not go. Then I said, you have no right to invite them to your home at Christmas. Come on. That's the, that's the life we are supposed to be living. Come on, amen. Jesus went to every home. Every party that he was invited to, he went. Because he decided, I'm going to infect them with what I have, not they infect me with what they have. My years, uh, you know, as I want to say that as I reflect on my life, you know, all I can say is that I'm filled with, in awe at God's mercy for me. I'm really filled with awe at God's mercy for me. Now I'm 70 years old. Mark Twain said this, let me just quote, the 70th birthday. It is the time of your life where you arrive at a new and awful dignity and you throw aside the decent reserves which have, been op which have oppressed you for a generation. And I like this part. And you stand unafraid and unabashed upon your seven terraced summit. Whew. I'm standing on my seven terraced summit and I look down and teach unrebuked. And I thought, wow. That's my 70th year. Last Sunday, I was preaching in Pastor Allen's church, and this is how I began. I said, I want to thank you all for giving me the opportunity to preach in the world's second best church while your pastor is preaching in the world's best church. And wherever I go, I say the same thing. I say the same thing. I've got the world's best church. When a pastor has to bribe a congregation to come for the AGM, he's got a good church. When he has to fight his board because they want to give him an increase and he does not want it, he's got a good church. Come on. I've got a great church. And I am amazed that you would still come and listen to me. That's my greatest amazement. <laughs> but I am so blessed. I am so blessed to have a wonderful family. Blessed to have a wife that has always been totally supporting me in every way. And uh, I remember I made one of the biggest mistakes in the earlier days, when our church began to grow, our section six building was too crowded, too packed out. And so we decided we're going to get a factory. The church board agreed we went and looked for a factory. Wanted to buy it, one million, one million ringgit. And so we had to pay 1%. We had to pay uh, 100,000. And we raised that 100,000. Tamil section, English section. We raised that money and paid the 100,000. And then within a short space of time, because there were people, from, you know, different Christian businessmen who said, don't worry, pastor, we'll take you to the bankers and they will give you the loan. Don't worry about it. 
But none of the bankers wanted to give us a loan. And so we were going to lose everything. I wrote a resignation letter so many times. Because I felt that I had, you know, failed the church. They had lost their sacrifices. 100,000 ringgit. But we kept praying. Pastor Lifan kept praying and said, don't, don't, don't worry. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. And another businessman who is an unsaved person, not from church, he came in and said, I'll bail you guys out. He paid the balance. He bought over the building. So we didn't get the building, but he bought it over and he gave us back the, the money that we thought we lost. The church was saved. So I've made some blunders as a pastor. Not only here, but as I pioneered the, the church going and being the superintendent, uh, you know, encouraging the churches in the East Coast and all of that. that uh, I, I wish I had done things differently. But all I can say is that in spite of me, God still moved. And he still worked. Come on, amen. So I want to just say thank you. And uh, I thank God not only for my wife, also for my children and their wonderful spouses. I'm blessed. All my children are so blessed. And I've got 10 amazing grandkids. And uh, if you have seen me in short sleeve, you know I've got tattoo here of all my grandkids' names. It started with a page, but the page is not closed because I'm expecting a few more to fill the arm. Amen. All right. So, I will not take much time. I can hear your stomachs grumbling. But I want to do this. I have not done this in nearly 20 years, singing on a Sunday morning. I want to sing a special. Is that okay? <laughs> and, and... Okay, thank you. I had to ask him because I didn't want him spitting in it. This is... Uh, this song kind of describes my life. And if you've heard it before and you know the song, please do not sing it with me. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can hit the key. Now remember, please remember, this is a 70-year-old man singing. You know, when, when, when I was a very young Christian, just came into the church, you know, I, I, I was the only hippie in the church. Uh, in long hair, sitting there, very weird, you know, from all the rest. And I would hear them say this when they come up to give a special. Very humbly, they would say, I'm going to give a special. Please, don't listen to the voice, just listen to the words. So I'm sitting there thinking, how to hear the words if I don't hear the voice? <laughs> so I want you to listen to the voice and the words. <laughs> Let's go. We got a great team, amen. Right, we got a great worship team. Yeah. Let's see if I can hit this one. Okay. Can I hear the I need I need I need this one. More monitors, I need to hear. I can't hear them.
what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd know me now. You turned my whole life upside down. Took the old and made them new. That's just what the Yeah. Mm -hmm.